This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome. Guess what? Live and direct to you, Stacy on the right. Uh, we have, of course, the honor and privilege of recapping last night's debate here on the show today. Uh, you might be thinking to yourself, um, honor and privilege? Well, you know how it is when you have a task that you don't want to do? Or maybe you have something that you're not looking forward to doing or, or what, what have you? You understand what I'm saying. You, you, we're simpatico here, right? What happens is if you want to do a great job at it, you basically have to purpose in your mind that you're going to do it. You're going to get it done. And then you have to take that extraordinary step of saying, you know what? I'm going to kind of psych myself into it, not psych myself out of it. Almost psych yourself up for it, right? So you're basically going to figure out how you can talk about it, think about it, et cetera, so that it becomes more of a, good thing to do, something fun to do, whatever. That's what I've been doing with this whole debate thing. First of all, last night, I made the mistake of trying to tune in on regular television, and it was carried by CNN. We don't have cable, so I had to go to CNN.com and watch it there. ABC actually had on their website a puff piece about Cory Booker, and I spent about five minutes watching that thinking it was some kind of prelude while the debate was already going on. So I tune in at about 14 after, and I missed the whole DNC leader kind of doing an Avengers type football announcer style thing for them. Like I missed all that, but I did get in there. And if you follow me on Twitter or maybe you don't, you know what I'm saying? Twin Stacy on the right. Um, if you, if you are there, you saw me kind of go in on them. I had some fun. It was a little bit of, um, how can I put this? Just, I had a little bit of fun at their expense because they were, it, it was just lunatic train runaway from the station, no conductor, crazy pants all day. And it was interminable. I feel like I took one for the team watching it. So today on the show, we're going to talk about, for our encouragement, why why is it not okay um, that Pete Buttigieg, he likes to quote scripture. He likes to tout the fact that he's a veteran. And as a veteran, I know I know what that's like. It's a part of your credentials. You served. It's a part of your credentials. I have no problem with him mentioning it. But he keeps quoting this lie about how the same kinds of weapons he used on active duty are the same kinds of weapons that are available for civilians to buy. And that's not true. And no one will call him on it. Um, so there are a ton of things we're going to go through. We're going to unpack. Um, so, again, just like me going and standing in the garage doesn't make me a car, Pete Buttigieg Going to church doesn't make him a Christian. Just like if I was to go get one of the anatomy books that we have here at the house and start reading all about the human body aloud here on the radio, that wouldn't make me a doctor or an expert on human anatomy or a biology major. Um, it wouldn't even make me a person who'd read the entire book unless I'd actually read it, right? So reading something aloud imparts no expertise. The thing that we have to do as Christians, and that's who I'm talking to here, we're, you know, we're in the encouragement here. The thing that we have to do is we have to be willing to test what people say against the word of God. And I, 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 don't, I don't mean, maybe I'm even phrasing that wrong. It's not that we have to be willing. You, we must do it. It is a requirement. Otherwise, how do we know if what they're saying is true or false? So it's it's one thing to say, uh, you know, this one on this one particular scripture, someone's quoting it out of context. I know that's wrong, but it's completely another thing to say blanketly. Well, because that's what's been all over the news today. It's been Pete Buttigieg made a quote from scripture a couple of times last night during the debate. And don't ask me what it was about, because when I was listening, it went right over my head because that man is not a practicing Christian. If he's an open homosexual married to a man living in sin. This is not stuff I made up. I'm going by what the Bible says. So it's not about him being unable to be a Christian. Absolutely, he can. 
It is about him using scripture to suit his own aims. He's not allowed to do that. He is not allowed to say, uh, well, I, I, you know, they're Republicans are wrong. They're for opposing the minimum wage and they call themselves Christian conservatives. That's his opinion. That's not biblical. Simply opposing a policy on something having to do with economics does not make you in violation of scripture. In fact, we are not supposed to rob each other. For, so in other words, use the force of government to take money from one person to pay it to another person who hasn't worked to earn it. We have social programs that do that, but there is no way we're, we're going to be able to take scripture and say, when the scripture says we're supposed to care for the poor and the widow and the, and the infirm and the prisoner, it means we are supposed to be doing something for these people out of our own pocket or out of what the church does as an extension of the community. The church operates within the community and the body of Christ goes out and helps the widow and the poor and the infirm, not anybody else. So if what is happening here is biblical or unbiblical, the only way we know that is if we go to the scripture and we test it for ourselves. And so some will be deceived because they won't do that. Or they'll go and they'll test it, but they don't know anything because they've not spent any time in the scripture. That's the thing about scripture. You know, as much as you study it, there's still more to learn. Maybe you're one of those people who you read through the whole Bible every single year and you've done that 20 years in a row. And wow, you're impressive. But that doesn't mean you know everything there is to know about scripture. But you're certainly above and beyond that person who only cracks their Bible open on Easter and Christmas, right? So we have to be willing as Christians to say, oh, so he was quoting scripture last night about what? Oh, so he was, um, (laughs) he's trying to use scripture to justify what now? And then go to the word. And I don't mean just go to that one scripture. I mean, you know, that that's what this internet thing is all about. If, if there's anything that we Christians can say is a benefit of the internet and the internet age that we live in, it's that there is no thing about the Bible that you cannot learn from a reliable source right at your fingertips if you have one of these teeny tiny little computing devices called a cell phone or if you're sitting in front of like me, I got my laptop open right now. So I want to give you some Bible verses about false teachers because people are being led astray. People are hearing this openly gay man who's married to a man quoting scripture and they're saying, well, he's a veteran and he's quoting scripture and that makes him better than Trump. Okay, so Donald Trump didn't serve in the military. Donald Trump has some moral failings. Okay, well, are you saying that someone who's openly living in sin, in other words, unrepented sin, that that person is going to be a better a character reference, a person that you should listen to over someone else. Be clear. We will never have a president or elected leader or anyone, even pastors. None of them will be perfect examples of godly living because they're human beings. They're sinful beings that are literally you're on the path to destruction. And then Jesus, then the cross, then God. So once we know that, once we have that in our back pocket, we are, okay, so none of us are perfect. None of us, none of us could stand in front of our God. None of us. We are all sin-filled creatures who would literally disintegrate in a moment if we ever met him face to face without the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. The only thing that covers our sin is that work. But then it's an issue of, well, so who do I follow? Do I go Pete Buttigieg? Do do I go over here to, um, you know... Do I go to Nancy Pelosi? Who who am I following on the presidential side? Do I go to Kamala Harris? You know, and I've heard some people saying some things about because Kamala Harris was involved with a married man and, you know, they're they're making judgments about that. And I and I understand, I understand, I understand what, what you're saying. Um, but then liberals will say, Well, look at your president, look at look at the way he behaved. And the only answer I have for any of that is again, you go back to who are we? What are we? We're sinful, depraved individuals who without a savior, we are on the bullet train to hell. But does that mean that you say, so President Trump has clearly, he's come out of the lifestyle where he was, you know, having extramarital affairs and cheating on his wife. Um, the multiple marriages are a fact. They're, in, they're a part of his past. But are you saying that an openly gay man who would usher in uh, a reign of terror on Christians and a lend, end all of our religious freedom, that that's where you're going to go just because Donald Trump has been married more than once and had some extramarital affairs? See, see, it, some logic has to enter into play here. 
And I know one of the things I've noticed is that there's a lot of never Trumpers out there and they're really, really hard on evangelicals for supporting President Trump. But I just wonder who. So who among your choices would have been better who could have won? Because it's if if it's about picking a person I think would make a great president, I can think of five or six people who I think would be fantastic presidents. But could they win the presidency and are they willing to run? You can't force someone to be the president of the United States or to run for office. Now, can you? So I, I think we're getting off into some wild tangents because people are so triggered by Donald Trump that anything in their minds would be better than him. Even an openly gay man who's married to a man who admits that when he gets into office, he would confiscate guns and he would usher in an era in this country that has never been seen before where religious people would literally be driven into the shadows, unable to work in public unless you bow down to the very God that he's bowing down to worship, which is his own sexuality, his own sexual desires and needs, his own Perversion. We're supposed to all bow down to that so he can feel good about the sin he's engaged in, as opposed to us just adhering to our own biblical principles and serving the God that we serve on our own free time. It's our freedom that is at stake here. And people are actually willing to make that choice just because they hate Donald Trump. So, yeah, you're probably thinking, wow, you're a little worked up. I'm not worked up at all. You should be outraged that Pete is on the stage with the other candidates And that Democrats are considering him. There was a lot of lunacy last night, but he was chief among it. Yeah, Marianne Williamson yodeled and she got a couple of good smacks in. But so what? So let's talk a little bit about uh, what the Bible says. First Timothy six, five says these people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt and they have turned their backs on the truth to them. A show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Now, we've seen some of this, haven't we? We've seen these false preachers with their $33,000 Rolex watches on and they've just bought their wife, you know, a pair of $1,200 tennis shoes and they live in a multi-million dollar mansion and they're only in the gospel because they're in gospel ink and what they can get out of the gospel is a lot of physical prosperity. But remember, this is just the teensy weensy tiny audition time that we have here on this earth and you can be prosperous and have all the money you want here on this earth but when it comes to the judgment seat because pete last night was saying you republicans remember one day when your time is up people are going to judge you on what you did i was wondering has anyone ever taken pete aside and said one day you're going to be judged only it's not going to be people writing about you sure that may happen but one day he's going to be in front of jesus at the judgment seat and then what is he going to say well Love is love. You know, I was born this way. He's going to point Jesus to some some song by Lady Gaga or Katy Perry. So while he's sitting up trying to sit in judgment of Republicans who don't want to give him the social policy wins that that he's seeking after as an elected official, he his own soul is in peril. So the Bible tells us how to identify false teachers. Isaiah 820 says, look to God's instructions and teachings. People who contradict his word are completely in the dark. So if you're ignoring the parts of scripture that say that homosexuality is an abomination, then you are not in line with what God's word says. Malachi 318 says, then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Matthew seven fifteen through 17 says, beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good fruit, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. One John two twenty two said, and who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the father and the son is antichrist galatians 5 through 26 says but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control there is no law against such things now those who belong to the messiah jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires Since we live by the spirit, by the spirit, let us also be guided. Let's stop being arrogant, provoking one another and envying one another. So I could go on because there's a lot more here, but suffice it to say, if we want to know how to identify a false preacher, teacher, or someone who is just using the word as a tool to get something that they want, the Bible has many scriptures to teach us in this area. And God is clear about what he will and will not tolerate. 
if someone is perverting scripture for their own use, they're acting as an antichrist because that goes against the very existence of our God. And we cannot tolerate that as Christians. All right, when we get back, we'll do some more debate recap. Keep it here. Okay, kids, dad's gonna teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, a pump your knee, a nod your head, shake your hips, and bite your lip ever so slightly. Now, with one hand in the air, point at people with the other hand. I call that the rock star. Dance like a dad. It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Now, make a face like it just smells something bad. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark, and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the dog. Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance will come in with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Adkins. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Oh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that! Oh, come on! <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avvo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avvo bet. A is for taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin, you're going to be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh, change up my strategy. Okay. O's for optimize your savings. Let Avo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, so much going on here. Um, so much going on. And I just want to say this is uh, the 31st of the month. And we started a bit ago, and so I want to speak to the people in the audience who are people who've supported the show. I see the uh, someone just recently did a PayPal like a couple of minutes ago. Uh, someone did a PayPal to donate to the show. And I, I want to do just a little bit of clarification or kind of updating, if you will. Um, first off, thank you. I, I want to express my sincere thanks for the support that I've received. The emails, I'm, I'm not going to lie. A couple of y'all emailed me and you, you made it get a little misty. It was dusty up in the room when I was reading your, your emails. And, and it's just been so amazing to see how many people have reached out to me. Hundreds of emails. I, I'm overwhelmed. I honestly never thought that many people would would reach out as this was going on. When I learned that I wasn't going to be on AFR anymore, I I literally thought to myself, I wonder if this is going to be a big deal. You know, I wonder if people are going to be impacted by this. And I'm not saying that I obviously, I just didn't know. I didn't think, Oh, you know, a lot of people are going to email me. Everybody's going to be mad about this. I didn't think that at all. I honestly didn't. I thought maybe 
they'd gotten some bad emails and they didn't, they, they were taking me off because people didn't want me on there anymore. There was an overwhelming thing of, you know, don't be there. And instead, it has just been relentless, the emails every day, the direct messages, people reaching out and saying, where are you? What happened? Why aren't you on AFR? Where can I listen to you? And then responding by donating to the PayPal or sponsoring the show on uh, Patreon. So I just thank you so much for that. It is so encouraging and it's so it's just like, it's, it's so nice. It's so much more than I even feel like, you know, it, it feels like it's more than I deserve because I'm just doing a show that I love doing something that I enjoy that I get to do and that it's as impacted anyone. It's just a blessing from God. And I'm so grateful. So I want to say that and I want to thank you out of the bottom of my heart. It has just been a pleasure to be on the radio and for any of you to have liked the show and to be following it and sticking around, you're the best. You're just, you're a gift from God. Thank you. Um, so we are at the end of this month. And if you haven't yet pulled the trigger, if you're thinking about doing the Patreon, it'd be great to do today. Patreon.com slash Stacey on the right. Um, but we have so many great things like... Um, I've, I've talked to a few people here locally about possibly them carrying the podcast here in St. Louis, which would be wonderful. That would be fantastic. Um, I'll update you as soon as I have something firm. I'll let you know. Obviously, we'll announce on the show. Um, our numbers are good. We are well over 25,000 for the month. And I know for people who like, you know, some people have a million, 60 million, whatever views on everything that they do. But for me to be here, and there, it's not like people are being sent here from AFR. It's not like they have some big service announcement saying, hey, if you're looking for Stacey on the right, you can go over there. I mean, why would they? Um, I don't expect them to do that. But for us to have these numbers this soon on, it's a blessing. And I'm really grateful for it. I'm looking to do more. I want to expand these numbers. So if you're sharing the show, thank you. Thank you for doing that. And please, please don't stop. Um, and if you're subscribed to the podcast or you shared it and said, Hey, subscribe to this podcast. It's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, but I just wanted to give that little update and I wanted to say thanks. I can't, I had to make sure I thank you before we, we leave out of this month, this very eventful month, um, June and July. Wow. What a ride it's been. And it's been so fantastic. And I, another shout out to Noah of the Ask Noah Show, asknoahshow.com for all of his work behind the scenes to make this possible. You, th- what you're looking at there with the the um, surround, if you're watching the live stream or if you're listening on the podcast, the fact that you're listening to it on Fireside or that you're subscribed through iTunes or Google Play, all of that background stuff happened because of Noah Chalaya. So thank you to everyone who has been so supporting and so awesome in this journey that we're on. And I'm just looking forward to doing more and better things and to continue to speak the truth out on in a format that reflects the Christian worldview. That's not going to change. No matter who's carrying or promoting or what we're, who we're connected with, we're still going to have that Christian worldview and we're going to be putting it out there from that perspective because I feel like that's so important. We can do so much talking and enjoying ourselves. Believe me, I'm a talker. I love to talk. I love to, you know, I love all that stuff. But we also have to be about the business, the business of discipling others to Jesus Christ and feeding the body. We have, so there's so much feeding that goes on that has to do with maybe our marriages or our kids, and we need all of that. But we also need to understand how to reflect Christ into the political atmosphere. And it's tough. I mean, I told you guys, when trolls attack me, I just tell them, oh, your mom. I type out you are space mom, your mom, or I'll type out while you are mom. It's just to troll them. It's just, you know, basically they lose their minds at that point. But it, it, politics, is it's the place where it's a free for all and it's crazy right now. And there's a lot of lies out there. And so that's why what we do here on this show is so important, spreading the truth. Um, from the biblical worldview, that's the difference. It's not just politics all the time. It's what's happening in our world How do we look at that from our biblical worldview? It's not something we put on and take off uh, depending on where we are, who we are, what we're talking about. It is supposed to be the way in which we operate 100%, our whole world, Christian worldview. Everything goes through that lens. So um, that's what we're doing here. And I'm I'm so excited to do it with you. Um, So some more debate recap. Well, so last night I told you there was just... It was just a hot, dramatic mess. You know what I'm saying? 
And so I cut a piece of audio for you. Noah cut it for me. I found it. And it is about, it's, it's some, from the debate last night. And it's the questions that Don Lemon was asking. Now, everybody up there asked questions that were from the perspective of a leftist. And I have to admit, I was shocked during the torture session that was the three hour long debate where I felt like I was literally, I was either going to fall off the couch or melt into it from just the sheer exhaustion of being involved in listening. Um, there were actually some good questions. The moderators tried like the Dickens to get these people to admit that they were going to raise taxes, confiscate guns and decriminalize all unlawful entry into the country through the Southern border. The people didn't want to admit their drama, but they tried. But then came Don Lemon. Now, he was a special kind of Don Lemon last night. Check it out. We want to turn now to the issue of race in America. Congressman O'Rourke, President Trump is pursuing a re-election strategy based in part on racial division. How do you convince primary voters that you'd be the best nominee to take on President Trump and heal the racial divide in America? Senator Klobuchar. What do you say to those Trump voters who prioritize the economy over the president's bigotry? Thank you, Congressman Rourke. Speaking of reparations, Ms. Williams, Ms. Williamson, many of your opponents support a commission to study the issue of reparations for slavery. But you are calling for up to $500 billion in financial assistance. What makes you qualified to determine how much is owed in reparations? Well, for- Let's turn now to the issue of gun violence. There were three large-scale shootings this past weekend in America at a park in Brooklyn, on the streets of Philadelphia, and one that left three dead and 12 injured at a food festival in Gilroy, California. Governor Buttigieg, excuse me, Mayor Buttigieg, other than offering words of comfort, what are you specifically going to do to stop this epidemic of gun violence? Well, Governor Bullock, how can Democrats trust you to be the leader on this fight for gun safety when you only changed your position to call for an assault weapons ban last summer? Senator Sanders, You said this in 2013, just months after the Sandy Hook massacre, and I quote here, if you pass the strongest gun control legislation tomorrow, I don't think it will have a profound effect on the tragedies we have seen. Do you still agree with that statement today? (sighs) So that was from MRC TV. They had, they cut all of those different questions from Don Lemon and compiled them into that little mashup. And the reason I wanted you to hear it is because I I did see a lot of reaction online where people were like, I'm watching the game. I'm doing this and that. And then you know what? God bless y'all for having lives and not having to, you didn't have to watch the debate. You didn't have to listen to it. And so you are not materially impacted. Your, your brains have not been damaged. You, you're not suffering today trying to get your brain back up working, you know, drinking your orange juice and going on a long walk to try to stimulate your mind, breathing fresh air. I mean, I've been, I've been in therapy all day. I met with a good friend of mine who she's like a warrior in the faith and we were sitting and talking and just talking about how good God is. I was thinking this is going to heal me from being listening to the debates last night. So (laughs) I mean, that's what was happening last night at the debate. If you missed it, you didn't miss anything. These people tried to moderate. Some of them did. Um, The governor from Montana is one of them. Tim Ryan, I think his name is. They all tried to moderate their stances uh, their far left stances, because what they're doing is they're basically saying, look, let's be a little more moderate so that we can get the nomination, whichever one of them is going to get it. And then during the general, we will be leftist, but moderate leftists. And then when we govern, we'll do what Obama did. We'll tack to the left and we'll stay over there. And, and we won't care what people say, because what can they do? We're elected, Right. So this is what we're facing right now with these people. They're going to start papering over their lies. But I have some facts for you. So first, let's start off with TheHill.com, which is hardly a conservative publication. They are quoting a new poll, a Hill-Harris-X poll that they released on Tuesday that shows that 30% of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independent voters say that few or none of the 2020 presidential hopefuls actually share their values. This is... Unbelievable, because usually poll numbers like this are a crisis. But Democrats, they, they they believe since they own Facebook, they own Google, they have the media, they don't have to worry about what polls show. All they have to do is quote the polls that they like and barrel forward towards winning. They think they can't lose, to be quite honest with you. So 4% of the Democrat voters said that none of the more than two dozen contenders running for 2020 nom actually share their values. of the people said that all of the candidates share their values. 
that 6% of those people are nincompoops. So the primetime debates are actually serving a purpose. For those of us who are far and away absolutely voting for the current president, they serve as, you know, if you if you watch any of it or catch any of the recaps, you're just laughing. You literally are thinking, I, I can't laugh this hard without having some popcorn nearby. That's where you are. And it's a good place to be. God bless. But for people who aren't decided, they're just now tuning in. And I, I actually love this. It, it happens every election cycle. You have people who don't pay attention and they, they tune in. And when they do, they're like, what's all this craziness? It's, it's almost like they've shown up to, you know, let's say you show up to Walmart and you walk in the door and it's a furniture store. You're like, hey, wait a minute. There used to be a Walmart here. I got I got staples to buy. What's happening here? Or it says Walmart on the outside and on the inside, it looks like uh, a designer clothing shop and everything's $900 or up. You're like, Why? what is what is this? It's like that for people. They're bewildered. They're disoriented. They're not sure what's happening. They're looking around and seeing and hearing something that is just so far and away uh, not what they expected. They know Democrats are for social change. They know Democrats want to give money to the poor and take it from the rich. They do not know or understand why Democrats are suddenly for decriminalizing illegal border entry or why Democrats keep talking about single payer or socialism, why Bernie Sanders keeps saying over and over again, millionaires, billionaires, uh, you know, he's these five or six words. It's like a verbal tick with him. He just spits them out at will, but they don't, these things don't make sense. So I'm going back over here. Um, one, one of the things, so all first, first, and I'm getting a little discombobulated here because I just get so flummoxed when I think about everything that they said last night. It's just, it's kind of unbelievable the stuff they were saying last night. So I want to go through a little bit of it with you. Now, first of all, one of the generally accepted things about an election is that in the primary, you're speaking to the base, but when you get to the general you can't win with just your base. Republicans can't do it, nor can Democrats. Each party has to find a certain percentage of the middle to vote for their candidate so that they can get over the hump, right? You have to get over that 50%, right? Well, what is happening is these people are saying things that when moderate people tune in, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Now, wait a minute. I'm obviously I'm not for amnesty, but I'm also not for decriminalization of, you know, so they're, they're in the middle and the middle does not mean the middle of the left or the middle of commie land or the middle of socialism or Marxism. It means just simple, plain old middle. They, they are moderate Americans. They believe a little bit of what the Republicans are putting down, usually on the financial side, and they're socially moderate. But that doesn't mean they're for transgenders, you know, using the same bathroom as their their wives and their daughters, right? You see what I'm saying? Like, there's a place where a moderate voter, you're going to leave them in the dust. Then they have no choice. They either are going to stay home or if they feel obligated and morally, you know, connected to the voting experience because they feel it's their duty then they're going to have to vote for Donald Trump, which I'm all in that corner. Please, moderates, vote for Donald Trump. Save America. But it doesn't seem like the Democrats are even aware of what I just explained. It is the weirdest thing. So last night, there were a couple of things trending on Twitter. Um, and one of them was, um, of course, Dem Debates, Dem Debate 2. So those two were trending, obviously. Those are the two main hashtags. Then there was Dem debate so white and Dem being D-E-M. So number sign D-E-M debate so white and hashtag white Democrat debate. (laughs) So, you know, I had to tweet on those, right? You know, I had to do it. I had to do it. So it was pretty fun. Um, I also went over a little bit uh, about the kids. So at one point, Liz Warren said that there was environmental racism. And so I I tweeted out that our kids actually burst out laughing because there is no such thing as environmental racism. And one of the best responses I got on Twitter last night was from, uh, a, a, she's black conservative. She's actually, she's she calls herself dark psychic force. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, it's Kira Davis. She said, hey, now, the sun is definitely racist. It's been hot as H-E double hockey sticks this week. You know who doesn't like that? All caps, this black girl. 
<laughs> so another guy tweeted, what is environmental racism? And then I tweeted back, no one knows. So again, um, it was crazy pants last night. I saw every bit of it. It was like a train wreck that wouldn't end. All right, we'll be back with more. Stay there. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Why is the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hello. How's it going? I hope you're having a fantastic hump day. <laughs> if you if you didn't watch the debates last night, your day's probably gone like probably better than mine. And and I haven't had a bad day. Like it hasn't really it's not like it's killing me or anything, but it was tough to get through. It was. It was like it was like you know, it just wasn't great. It was, there were so many lies emanating from that station that, that I was going to say that station from that, from that stage. Those guys up there, they're just raw, naked power seeking. That's what's going on. That's it. That's all, that's all, that's all there is. So, um, <laughs> the, the debates tonight. So there's going to be a debate tonight and it's going to be awful. Okay. It's going to be just as bad. In fact, it'll be worse because the front runners are in there. Biden, Harris, uh, Booker. They have all of the people of color on the same night. Um, so, you know, it, it, again, we don't have, obviously I'm not a Democrat, so I don't agree with what they're putting forward. 
But that doesn't mean that they can't tell the truth, right? So it's not that I'm not seeing what they're saying as the truth because I don't agree with them. No, what they were saying last night, they were actually contradicting each other and arguing about the lies they were telling. And and it was on healthcare. Um, it was on a ton of different things. A, a guy actually tweeted me, and, and I don't know if he was actually, like if he's a, was he joking or not? I can't tell. But he sent me a tweet that uh, economic racism, environmental racism, is when all the racist white people drive non-fuel efficient vehicles in predominantly black neighborhoods, creating hole in the o- holes in the ozone layer right over our communities. Duh. <laughs> and then Bernie Sanders said last night, like some of the highlights of the craziness, Bernie Sanders said he would meet with the individual leaders of the countries in the Middle East and bring peace to the Middle East. Now, unless he really does have some magic shrooms or something he's going to pass out during these meetings, we know that's not going to happen because if other presidents weren't able to meet with all of the president, the the leaders of the Middle East and bring peace, how is Bernie Sanders going to do it? First of all, one of the best moments of last night was when one of the other candidates told him, you don't have to yell, Bernie, because he was yelling and the, he only has two volume levels, loud and yelling. And last night he spent most of the evening yelling. Also, I tweeted out, uh, Amy Klobuchar was talking about helping black people and the economically disadvantaged, which for her, those two things are synonyms. Um, I tweeted her, Amy, I don't need your help and I'm no victim. And I'm exhausted by the help of the Democrats. Like the conversation surrounding Baltimore and the rats, the, the rat infested nature of Baltimore has been a situation for at least 20 years because Bernie Sanders said it was rat infested. So many Democrats have said it that it's never been racism until President Trump says it. Because again, the truth is only racist when Donald Trump says it. And I'm not saying that because I, oh, you know, he can do no wrong. Absolutely not. Don't try me. Don't try me today. Uh, or, or you know what? Better yet, try me, fight me. You think you can actually come up against my credentials as being someone who has been even keeled with the president and supported him and also criticized things that I didn't like? I, I have all the audio to prove my position. Where are you coming from? So the health care issue was a huge debacle. They lied and lied and lied and lied. Um, they spoke a lot of of kind of coded language. They did delve into the whole, you know, black people thing. They want to help black people. We need more of their help. Um, they, but there was one topic they avoided, like the plague. So much so that their chief ally, Planned Parenthood, actually, they were tweeting about it after the debate. What about reproductive rights? Why didn't you guys tackle the issue of abortion? The reason they're not tackling the issue of abortion is because they're losing on it. They are losing on abortion so big. Because people are no longer blind to what Planned Parenthood has been doing with the baby parts. They abort the babies and sell the parts to research universities and the federal government. And they make a profit on it. And that's disgusting. So there have been a lot of different ways that we could look at what happened last night. Um, But for me, it was a huge fail for them. There were some moments where Elizabeth Warren must have drank her V8. She was hopped up on some kind of, you know, really clean burning fuel because she had a few moments where she was smacking her opponents down and kind of, you know, tossing some elbows and letting people know, hey, yo, you know, I'm, I'm not only in this thing, I'm the front runner on this stage tonight. It's not Bernie Sanders. It's me. Now, obviously, I don't want to see her as the nominee, but she did have a few moments. Um so I wanted to give you a couple of news rundowns before the end of the show here today. First off, a federal judge Tuesday, just yesterday, dismissed a lawsuit by the Democratic National Committee against key members of the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks, alleging that the hacked DOC email, DNC emails and servers and documents um, had nothing to do. The, the Democrat National Committee was alleging in this court case that Donald Trump and WikiLeaks worked together to hack the DNC and the judge said, and he's a, he's a Clinton appointee. So he's a Democrat. And he said, this is just crap. No, we're, we're, we're not, we are not going to go forward with this lawsuit. And he dismissed it. The ruling came as Democrats increasingly have sought to tie the Trump team to illegal activity in Russia. In spite of former special counsel, 
Council Mueller's findings in an investigation. So what am I saying here? What is he saying here? They've already been exonerated. They have already been proven innocent. There's no there there. So he dismissed the lawsuit. The name of the judge is John Cuddle. He was appointed by Bill Clinton back in 1994. A Democratic Senate confirmed his nomination. The case was so lousy, they couldn't even get one of their own guys to rubber stamp it to let it go through. Now, turning to the virtue signaling left, do you guys remember the disastrous ads that Gillette, the shaving company, was putting forward? Uh, You know, these ads about how toxic masculinity harms men, men shouldn't be barbecuing, men have to rein in their horrible tendencies. And they noticed a dip in their sales after that. Imagine that. Men didn't want to buy their razors after they said all men were bad, awful, misogynist, raping, toxic misogynists. Funny. So Gillette's owned by Procter & Gamble, just in case you're wondering. And uh, they actually took an $8 billion write down on the carrying value of Gillette in the most recent quarter. I'll let that fly by you one more time. Procter and Gamble wrote down $8 billion in value on Gillette after they ran those ads. $8 billion for their most recent quarter. They made a huge mistake. If they don't start, they don't get one of their PR and ad companies to get some people who look a lot like Tom Cruise with a scruffy beard on to go fly some jets around and drop bombs on the enemy, rescue some women out of burning buildings, kiss babies and toss some like half court basketball shots and then shave their faces. They are worthless. Like they don't even deserve to have that company. They could just, I, they could, they could text me and say, what how, what would you like to see in an ad for Gillette? Because, you know, a, a lot of what they're experiencing is not just that men won't buy the, their, their shavers, but who are the primary shoppers and spenders of the cash in most households in America? Women. So if a man says, I don't want any more Gillette razors, the wife doesn't argue with him and say, you're being toxically male. No, she just says, okay. On the list, she puts, if she's the written list, we have an electronic list. I would just type in, if my husband told me, I don't want any more Gillette razors, I would just type it in. Um, different brand of razor. And the next time I go in, I just skip over the Gillette if that's what we're buying and buy something else. I mean, it happens millions of times a year in families across this country, probably billions of times where people make a decision that they're not going to buy one brand, they're going to buy another, or they're going to check something else out because they, they brought it home, it didn't work, or they saw an ad on TV and they're like, well, I'm not supporting that. And you got to know, because I back then when the ad came out, I said, you know, this is a sign of the times. For American women, if you are dating a man or are married to a man who doesn't barbecue, you're missing out. If your man does not know how to belly up to a grill and turn out fantastic creations with, you know, char marks on them, you know, you're you're suffering. Get you a man who can grill. Now, if you're already married, it's too late. You need to ask your husband to learn how to grill. But if you're dating, it's not too late for you. You can get you a man who can grill and you can be alive and, and well and with the rest of us whose husbands can grill and we're all grateful about it. But the Gillette ad paints a picture of men that men men aren't going to tolerate that. They're not going to spend money for that. And we women shouldn't accept it either. So I think it's funny that they've had the write down because it's what they deserve. It's rare that we see people get what they deserve or companies. So good on them. Now, Marianne Williamson was a big, big uh, kind of, she was a big factor last night. So no offense, but sometimes when I'm watching her and listening to her talk, it kind of feels like she might be on something like, and maybe it's just, she's just breathed in too many scented candles or too many essential oils, whatever. I don't know. Um, and you know, no offense, essential oils. And I, I, I have scented candles here at my house. So it's not, it's not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but she just seems like she's off. Uh, it's hard to believe she wrote those books. The books sound a little bit like what she sounds like on TV, but not the, the books don't sound crazy. Now I haven't read all of them. I've just read one, but uh, again, um, so they were clashing over healthcare and she was trying to like school them on not getting outmaneuvered by the Republicans because the Republicans are painting them according to them as people who want to take away your healthcare. And Elizabeth Warren got angry and said, we are the Democrats. We do not take away health care. That is what Republicans do. 
Now, she said it with a lot of gravitas and, you know, but it's not true. They brought us Obamacare. They took away the health plans of millions of Americans. Millions of Americans almost went bankrupt and lost their their livelihoods and their homes trying to manage the Obamacare marketplace. So it it, it is not true what Elizabeth Warren said. But Williamson actually had a lot to say about it. Um, she's remember last time she said she wanted to defeat the president with love. And this time she really just, you know, she kind of was pushing for this idea that he was toxic. He's got, um, she, she said he was, and let me go back to my little, I have some notes here. Um, she said something about him having a, a divide, um, that, that it was, it was so, odd and weird it was like what what is she's um what was she trying to say about the president um others were saying they were the racial divide she she termed it here it is she termed it collectivized hatred that the president was channeling collectivized hatred now i again i'm going back to what we know about her and that she's this self-help guru but the idea that the only thing she can do is characterize the president in these terms. She's going to use love to defeat him. He channels collectivized hatred. It shows that she doesn't have what it takes to actually go up against the president on literally, you have to be able to quote statistics and figures. You have to be able to talk about what you will do. You have to be able to point to a history of success. She doesn't have any of those things, which is probably why she's polling at about 1%. But she still had just the, her presence there last night. It was like a, a bright, you know, kind of blinking, flashing light, like one of these things is not like the others, and it was her. So I, I, my hope is that we'll see even more of her because she, she has just been so, it's not entertaining because it's weird, but she's definitely in the thing for, is it shock value? Like, why do they keep letting her up there? Um, I said I wanted the culling to occur because there are too many people up there and having two nights worth of Democratic debates is just ridiculous, but it does serve a good purpose. Two nights of Democratic debates means that it's two nights showcasing the craziness that is the Democrats, opportunities for regular, clear-thinking Americans who have jobs, who want to see good things happen in this country. It's a great opportunity for those people to really experience uh, what the Democrats are putting down and to either accept it or reject it. So, I mean, it does serve a good purpose. Um so remember, there's there's all the stuff about um, the Marvel movies. So a lot of the characters are now getting reboots and they're getting remade from who they were in the comic books. And this is turning to entertainment right now in this last couple of minutes of the show. And I, I this to me is kind of the worst of it, because culturally speaking, these are duds. Blade. Do you remember that character? Blade was um, played by Wesley Snipes. So they're actually going to reboot it and they're going to make him a Muslim superhero. So he won't be black anymore. He'll be a Muslim. It's the beginning of the end for these. 